0: church anymore. First, number one, people don't want to be lectured. They don't. People don't want to be told you're doing wrong. People don't want to be told that uh, you need to do this or you need to do that. Uh, We live in a generation, we live in an age where we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And if it feels good, we want to do that. And so people don't want to be lectured. That's the number one reason they don't go to church. Number two is they see the church as judgmental. Uh, Number three is they see the church is hypocritical. And number four is they see the church is irrelevant. The problem is, is these first three words of number two, three, and four is they see. They see the church. And they see it as an organization. They don't see themselves in it is the problem. I want, to listen, I want you to listen to me close today. Over the last 2,000 years, the concept of church has become so diluted and twisted that people don't even know what it is anymore. They don't know what the church is. They don't know what the church is about. They don't realize the church is not a building. They don't realize that a church is not just a service you have on Sunday morning. They don't realize that they are the church. The church that they're talking about that's judgmental, hypocritical, and relevant. For a Christian to call himself judgmental, hypocritical, and relevant is because he is the church. you got to realize when you say these things, you're saying, put them back up. You're saying, I'm irrelevant. I'm hypocritical. I'm judgmental. Because the church is not just these buildings around a town. We are the church. And there's time when we got to realize that it's about perspective. We treat church as an organization. Uh, we, we don't understand the entire concept of what Christianity is really about. Jesus did not come to redeem just an individual. Now, yes, he'd have come if you were the only person on the planet. But you are not. He, look, he is coming back for a bride. He is coming back for his sweetheart. And the name of that bride is the church and you're either a part of it or you are not our perspective if I said okay y'all listen this if I said I'm gonna go home tonight I'm going home tonight okay and and I just treated my family like an organization and I said I'm gonna go home I'm gonna go home to the family not my family but the family I'm gonna go home to the family, and I treat my family like an organization. And I just, but after a while of treating them like an organization, that's what they're gonna become to me. They're just, they're just, they're just an organization. They're just, just something I do in the evening time. Just somewhere I go so that I can get fed, and so that I can, I can, I can have a, a place to sit, and, and that's all they are to me. They would eventually become irrelevant in my life. But my family is more important than that to me. I can't wait to get home to my family. I can't wait to see my boys. I can't wait to see the next text I'm going to get with a half shirt on it. I can't wait for that stuff because I love my family. I love the fact that I got three boys and no girls. If you're a girl, I'm sorry. I love my boys. I love the fact that I don't need a bunch of shotguns to protect a little princess. I love the fact that I don't have to go shoe shopping with her and look for prom dresses. I can go to academy on Saturdays, praise God. And all is good in the world. I love who my family is and what they are. And we should be the same way about the church. As a pastor, I hear these words a lot. Well, pastor, uh, we've been looking for a church for a long time, but we just can't find one that meets our needs. Uh, we can't find one that meets our needs, pastor. We we've been to fourteen churches, just can't find one that meets my needs. I've been to I went to two last week, just can't find one that meets my needs. I went to one this week. I just can't find one that meets my needs, pastor. I I, I went to. I went to a church even on the other side of town. It just doesn't meet my needs, Pastor. I went, I went to one, I went to a church in Houston the other day, and it just don't meet my needs. It doesn't meet my needs. It doesn't meet my needs. It doesn't meet when has the church been about my needs? This isn't about my needs. When has the church begun become a group of consumers? Jesus never designed us to be a group of consumers That we look for our needs It's about my needs, my needs, my needs, pastor I haven't found one that fits this or fits that or fits. Find one and just get planted in it It's not about your needs That's not what God's called us to be We are not spiritual consumers We are spiritual contributors The church does not exist for us we are the church and we exist for the world. We shouldn't be looking for a church to meet our needs. We are the church and we should meet the needs of others. You know, the second problem is we see church as just a weekly event that we can attend or not attend. Church is not something Christians attend when they get a chance. Church is a, not a chore, it's a gift. It is a gift. Well, well, it's just somatics, Pastor. You know what I mean when I say I'm going to church? No, I don't. It's not an organization. You are the church. We are the church. I don't want to be that church. I want to be the church of the Most High, the living God. I want to be a church that's living and breathing and moving, and I do not want to be dead. problem is the key isn't what you do The key is why you do it I said this a month ago But you can't know the what or the why Without knowing the who I want to ask you a question today How did Jesus come? How did Jesus come? Came as a man, didn't he? Came as you and I Now he could have came as a spirit We have the Holy Spirit with us today But that's not how Jesus came Jesus came as a man, breaking bread, drinking wine, and fellowshipping, healing, touching people. That's what he was about. We so often, as the church, we, we say, we, we see somebody that's in need and say, Well, you are to run down there to the church, and they might can help you. They might be able to help with that need you've got. Why don't you go down to the church? When are we going to quit saying, Go down to the church? And become the church and say, you know what? You need some money right now. I got some on me extra in my pocket. Let me give it to you because I am the church. We are the church. We've been called to sow into people. That's what the church is about. We got a sweet girl that went to Pink this weekend because we gave her clothes. And she's come to church and her life is getting changed and getting turned around. Why? Because that is the church that I want to be. That is the church that we are. That is what God has called us to be. We are about people. We are about touching people's lives. That's what Jesus did. He touched people. I'm going to give you some statistics today. The typical U.S. congregation in the United States draws an adult crowd that's 61% female, 39% male. The gender gap shows up in all age categories. On any given Sunday, there are 13 million more adult women than men in America's churches. This Sunday, almost 25% of married church-going women will worship without their husbands. If you're here without your husband today, I want to thank you for being here. Keep standing in the gap. Your pastor is praying for him. Your pastor is believing for him. Because that's what I do. That's what I want to do. I'm about real men. It's time the church put its pants back on and men get back in the house of God and begin to worship a true living God. And, and, and they're more concerned about being at church than being on the lake on a Sunday morning. Football season's coming up. Don't prioritize your weekend about what game happens when and where. Prioritize your weekend is, first of all, God's first in my life. I'm going to church. Second of all, if I see somebody on the streets this weekend that needs the church, I am the church, and I'm going to fulfill their needs. I'm going to do what it takes. Look, I'm going to tell you, I've seen... I've seen this happen time after time. We had a couple in our nearland church. They started this ministry. I uh, almost said misery, but it was ministry. They chart. That's the problem. Sometimes ministry can be misery if you don't have God in it. But they started this. Uh, they chart. They started this organization called Lunch, Love, Lunch Sack Ministry, and started feeding people. And for you know it, this guy's getting promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion. After promotion running this huge healthcare organization because they tapped into something. When, when you tap into God's heart and God's perspective and, and, and the love of God and you start loving people, things will happen in your life that you never even realized. When you become the church, God begins to rain down blessings upon your life. Things begin to happen. When I go, I go by overpasses, I pray. I said, Lord, is this, this one a fake one or a real one? But you, you got to get past that. Look, there's people that make money off of being homeless. They're not really homeless. They go home to a $200,000 house, and they get in their Mercedes after they stand on the street corner. But we don't, it's not our job to judge them. It's our job to love them. And now, I've got to where I don't just hand cash out. I hand out gift cards because I want to be able to buy drugs with my money. I want them to get food and what they need. But stop by and say, Jesus loves you today, and hand them a card pray for them. and what they do with it past that we're not responsible for but but it's time that we are the church midweek activities often draw 70 to 80 percent female participants the majority of church church employees are women except for ordained clergy who are overwhelmingly male over 70 percent of the boys who are being raised in the church will abandon it during their teens and their 20s and many of the boys will never return more than 90 percent of American men believe in God but five out of six call them and five out of six men in America call themselves Christians but only one out of six attend church on a given Sunday the average man accepts the reality of Jesus Christ but fails to see any value in going to church We have to begin to value church it is more than just an event that happens that's why we do life teams it's about a family You've got to get plugged into the family. You've got to realize it's importance, And you've got to realize that as a man, you're raising up the next generation. We are setting standards in our son's lives. Now, my kids may not always like it, but they know those doors are open. We're here. And it was like that before I was the head pastor of the church. It was like that before I was the associate pastor of the church. If the doors were open, we were here because there is a value in my family. And there's value in knowing that I am the church. Jesus is coming back for a body. I was reading, a friend of mine, Frank Mazapika, just wrote a new book, and I'm sure it'll be a bestseller. Uh, he gave me a free copy this weekend at the conference. It's not even out where you can get it yet. I'll tell you more about it in a few weeks. But uh, the quote underneath the title is uh, a survival guide for the church to survive. After the rapture's happened and you've been left behind. And uh, in the first chapter, he starts talking about how there was four in the field. And half were taken, half were left behind. Of the virgins, half of them were taken, half of them were left behind. And and there's a pattern here. We as Americans associate ourselves with with Jesus but some of us have no relationship and there's going to be a lot of people that even pastors and ministers in this world that when the rapture happens half will be left behind it's a pattern that Jesus has said in the, in the word of God and God has spoken in, in the book of Revelation and, and half are taken half are left behind what is your relation do you get that you are part of a body are you really a part of the body? As a church, are we a really a part of the body? Are you serving and moving and flowing with the rest of the body? When the body moves, are you moving with them? When the body talks, are you talking with them? Or are you just this foreign, inanimate object that's had a chance to join the body, but you're, you're off somewhere else? Are you truly functioning as the body of Christ? I have ten reasons that you want to be a part of the church. I'm going to go through these really quick. Ten reasons to be involved in church. Church involvement is evidence that you're a Christian in the first place. Gathering with church encourages believers to love others and do good deeds. A church is the main venue for using your spiritual gifts. A church helps you defend Christianity against those who attack it. Will you have somebody to stand with you? The disciples, when they were being persecuted, would go back to their church. And their church would lift them up and say, it's going to be okay. God is fighting with you. God is fighting for you. Are you getting that on Sunday mornings? We sang it this morning. It's more than just a song we sing It's our anthem, it's our cry, it's who he is. He is fighting for us. He is fighting with you for your behalf. He wants you to go somewhere. He wants you to illuminate your eyes. But we have to have the correct perspective of who we are and what we're called to do. We are not just individuals that sit on a pew on Sunday morning and sing, Kumbaya, my Lord, how are you doing today? I came to visit you for the first time this week. Is everything okay? Now, I'm not being judgmental. I'm preaching the truth here. I I love you no matter whether you're here once a month, once every six months. If you ever need me, call me. I will be there for you. If you're in the hospital, I want to come visit you. I want to lay hands and see the sick recover. I want to see God move in your life. It's my job. I want to be here for you. It's what God's called me to do. But at the same time, he's also called me to wake us up and to realize it's more than just an event that we get to go to. It's not a chore. It's a privilege. There's people in China being persecuted, being thrown in jail for attending church, but yet it starts the rain and the winds blow just a little bit, and we say, you know what, I'm going to stay home today. What church are you a part of? What church are you? Can you not wait to be a part of the body? Can you not wait to host a life team? Can you not wait to attend your life team? Can you not wait to touch somebody's life in the middle of the street, in the middle of the week? Are we that church? A church can be where you can be baptized and taken part of the Lord's Supper. A church provides the setting for corporate worship. It's about the church. My scripture today is Matthew 16. Open with me real quick. We're going to do this quick today, 13 through 19. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do men say that I am? a clear question he asked his disciples so they said some say that you're john the baptist some say jesus that you're elijah and others say that you're jeremiah or one of the prophets and then he looked at them and he said a key word to them he said but who do you say that i am not who do men say that i am but who do you say that i am and simon peter said Jumped up and he answered, and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered this, answered to him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are now Peter. Something happens when you get a revelation of who God is. Immediately his name changes. Now, I know some people are like, we should stay Trinity, or we should stay that. But I'm telling you right now, something happens when there's a name change. God's doing new things in this place and new things in this town. There's a name change that has happened over this place. And I want to tell you right now, that that we've got to come, when you come to a revelation of who He is, He changes who you are. But you have to become a revelation of who He is. You've got to know He is my God. He is my Redeemer, my Savior, my everything. You've got to come to that revelation of, I know who you are. You are Jesus. You are the Son of the living God. You are more than just a name. You're more than just a prophet that used to live. You are Him, the one we have been waiting on. He said, Peter, you are that rock of which I will build my church. We are that church. We are that church. We are that church that was built on that rock that had a revelation of who he is. As, as a group of believers, we've got to come to a revelation of who he is and who we are. Who do you say that you are? Do you say, well, I'm a Christian? Or do you say, I am a Christian by what you do? Are you that church. That church who will touch people no matter what. That church that will live and set a standard no matter what. That church that will bless people everywhere you come in contact with them. I want to be that church. And what what happens when you become that church? Listen to this. He said, he said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. I don't want to be an inactive inanimate object on this earth that just says I am a Christian here I stand. I want to be that church. That when I bind it on this earth, it's bound in heaven. When I loosen on this earth, it's loosed in heaven. That when I speak, things move. When I speak, things happen. I don't want to be an inanimate object that just says, I am a car. Or I, anybody can say, I'm a car, I'm a dog. You can say you are something you aren't and go to the wrong bathroom now. But I am a member of the Most High God. I am a part of His church, and on this rock I stand. Because I have a revelation of who He is. Today, we've got to have a revelation of who God is in our life. We have to renew our reputation as the church. You know why people think we're irrelevant? It's because they don't, we don't know who we are. So why should people know who we are? Jesus asked them, What have you heard about me? What are they saying about me? There's something about having a good name and a reputation to stand on. Problem with the churches. Is We've let ourselves become diluted. We've let ourselves become irrelevant. We've done all that stuff to ourselves. It hasn't happened to a building. The building is not irrelevant. It's the place where God resides. The location is not relevant. The church that sits inside the building has become irrelevant. It's time for the church to wake up and become the church. I want to be that church. I want to have relevance in everything I do. Four things church should be. Church are to be creative. The first thing God said in the, New, in the Old Testament. Let's read it together. Turn to Genesis 1-1 real quick. We're going to read it. I wasn't going to read it. I was just going to say it, but I want to read it. There's something about breathing out the Word of God. We've got to realize this isn't a dead book. Then we speak it. Life happens. In the beginning, God did What? He created the heavens and the earth. There is more, no, no more time in our lives that we are more like God when we are creating. The church has had to be creative. From the sign out front, to the lighting in the sanctuary, to the sound that we produce during our worship, the church has got to be creative. There's no reason that Purple Rain, Purple Rain should set the music standard. It should have been a Christian singing, Jesus reigns, Jesus reigns. We shouldn't let the world set our standard for music. We should be setting the standard. The world ought to be following us. It's time that we're no longer irrelevant, but we become the relevant revelation of who he is and where he's going. I'll never forget, I used to do VBSs, and we we tear it up in, in Nederland, and we had... Uh, about 14,000 square foot of sanctuary and from the top to the bottom was covered in stuff and, and we do it in Beaumont too and we travel with it and we go do conferences with our VBS and Philip Brassfield his whole pastor's conference we do it for their kids and for their pastors and let them see what it is to be creative and uh we'd set stuff up one year we had this clear plastic sheet with a white glaze on it and we shine a bright light and everybody's seen when you you know you do the the little operation thing, you ever seen that where they shoot the light behind you, you see the shadows? You've probably seen it in the nightclubs where they shoot the shadows on the on the deal. But we did it we did it with an operating table of God wants to give you a new heart. I had Mike, he's in children's church right now helping Reagan, but he had a skill saw and he took it out and you could hear it run. You could see the blade spinning in the shadow and he held it back about this far from who we were do it from me. He ran it across and we had somebody on our knees shooting a Silly String. and It's just shooting in the air everywhere. It looks like guts are flying everywhere. And, and I didn't think about it when I designed this set and what I was doing. But little Randy Clark, uh, Randon's son, we call him the real deal Randy Clark. Because he's Bishop's nephew. We call him real deal Randy. And so Silly String starts shooting at the saw as the saw runs across. And he screams, ah, they killed him! And he just got tears running down his eyes, you know, and runs off. I want to be the church that they talk about. I want to be that church. I don't care. I want them to talk about how creative they am. They can say, I'm crazy. It's okay. I don't want to be considered dead, though. I want to be that church that's alive. Jesus was not boring, people. He was controversial in everything, in every way. He spat. He spit on the guy's eyes. He spit on his. What would they say today's world? What would they say about Benny Hinn? Some guy walked up on the stage. You know Benny Hinn got his hair. And, Hallelujah, Jesus! And he walked up and spit in the guy's eyes. It'd be on national news. Look what this fool did. This crazy lunatic. Look, Jesus was outside the box. You can't find anywhere in the New Testament where any miracle he did was the same. They were all different. Put mud on my eyes, that go wash, go dip eight times, seven times, whatever it was. Look, Jesus was creative. I want lights that go crazy. I don't want to go Justin Bieber to get, to get, to get what I need. I want to experience Jesus in a way I want to set an atmosphere that when people come in, the walls begin to break over their life. They say, you know what? I don't know about this God. I don't know about this Jesus, but that's a cool church. I want them to go see what they're doing. I've heard about them. You ever heard about a church? I was driving with a guy one time. I said, man, that, that church is full. And he said, I've heard about that church. And he didn't say it in a good way. He said a bad way. I said, what well, have you heard about that church? Well, you know, they're that church. I said, really? They're that church. I said, have you ever been in there? No, oh, I ain't going in there. Why not? I want to go in there and see why all the cars are there. I want to be that church. I want them to talk about me. I want them to think I'm a little crazy because I know I am. Look, same thing. Church ought to be controversial. That's what the church ought to be. We are to be controversial. They're not to be. we ought to not be silent. We are to be controversial. We are be that light on the hill that shouldn't be hidden. Look, people only throw shade on things that are bright. I want everybody to see my light. That's why I like that new sign. Did y'all see? It was like distorted looking. It was so bright. It's like, Try ah! <laughs> Triumph is here. And we believe in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is my friend. That's what church ought to be. Number three, church ought to be attended. Every single, every single Sunday. You say, I've heard people say, well, I went to that church once. They went to the gym once, too. <laughs> I've been there <laughs> once. But church ought to be attended. Look, there's something about consistency that releases grace in your life. You say, well, I'm just going through the worst thing. When's the last time you've been to church? Look, the whole book of Revelation. This is the one scripture that scares me. I'm going to read it to you. Revelation 3, 1 through 3. Nothing about the, the seals don't scare me. The, 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 all this stuff. None of this stuff scares me. I'll tell you what scares me, though. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write the following. This is a solemn pronouncement of the one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And he says, I know your deeds, that you have a reputation that you are alive, but in reality, you are dead. Wake up then and strengthen what remains that was about to die, because I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Therefore, remember what you received and heard and obey it, and repent. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will never know what hour I will come against you. That word, meant, he says, your deeds in the sight of my God are not complete. It means they un, they're unfinished. In, in the Greek, that word unfinished is the same word that's used with fulfilled. Your deeds aren't fulfilled yet. You're not fulfilled. You want to know why people aren't fulfilled? Because they don't have consistency in church. They, don't, they, don't consider, they consider it the church instead of, I am the church. That, that, that's what the problem is. It's, it's the perspective of how they see the church. We are the body, and the only way we're going to complete this thing and do what Jesus has called us to do is to do it together. They were a dead church because they weren't constantly fulfilled. They weren't consistent in their worship. They weren't consistent in their attendance. What is consistently taken for granted will eventually be taken away. I want to be that finished, completed work when he comes. But the only way we can be complete is if all the body parts are functioning together. All the body parts are moving together. And and parts of our body don't have fungus. We need to get over ourselves. And realize, realize if there's a problem in the church, you are the church. Deal with it. Come say, Pastor, this is happening. I don't want no gossip in this church. We are to be together, to be unified, to be moving this town forward, to be moving... We need to be the church that sets the standard. I want to be the church that, when the when when the police chief or the fire chief or when the city manager needs something done, he doesn't say, "I'm calling in this worldly company." I'm calling in. You know what? I'm gonna call that crazy church out there because I know they'll get it done on Hospital Drive. That's the church that I want to be. You are that church. Number four, the church should be compassionate. Two months after I got here, a month and a half after I got here, I was sitting on Saturday morning like I normally do in my office studying. And and I was praying, just reading my Bible, and I normally don't answer the phone. I normally don't do anything when I'm spending time with God because He is my priority. I don't let anything hijack my time with God. I'm sitting there, and I hear the phone ring. Holy Spirit said, answer the phone. So I did, I answered the phone, and it was this young lady. And she said, uh, hi, this is, this is so-and-so. I'd like to come visit your church on Sunday. I said, well, hi, I'm the pastor. I'd love to have you on Sunday morning. And uh, she goes, pastor, would you pray for me real quick? And so I prayed for her. And uh, we prayed for her. The next day, she came to church, and I preached a message, and she found Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. And she got saved she told Pastor Jennifer after church your husband answered the phone oh no she called back later that Sunday afternoon so I just wanted to let y'all know that uh, on Saturday when the pastor answered the phone she left a message on the voicemail She goes, uh, I was contemplating killing myself had nothing to live for nowhere to go and uh, had nowhere to turn I want you to know, I came to church this morning, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give it one more day, and if God don't give me some answers on Sunday morning, when I go to that church, I'm going to kill myself, and I went to church on that Sunday morning, and I, I listened to Pastor Ryan, and I found Jesus in my heart, and I gave my life to him, and she started attend church, and all of a sudden, I started missing her, she wasn't there, To didn't have a phone, I could get a reach of her, hold of her, and, 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 and she kind of falls back in her old ways, and she gets arrested, and goes to jail, and, She's in jail, and she said, you know, the stuff I've, I got arrested for, I should be in jail, pastor, for two or three years. But uh, she gets out of jail, and she starts coming back to church again. She goes to court. God begins to work in her life again. And she goes to court, and they said, we can't find no charges. There's no charges against you. You're free to go. God's been doing her work in her life. She was just sharing this testimony a few weeks ago with me. Just saying, Pastor, you just want to believe what, what God's been doing for my life. And Half the time she's in town, half the time she's not. When she's in town, she's here at church. But that's what God wants to do for us. He's a compassionate God. They're going to come and start playing. But he's a compassionate God. That's what he does. Look, she had a little backslide moment in her life. A little, little part where she wasn't the body no more. She quit coming to church, she she, she, didn't, she, didn't come no more, and she had this this little slide in her life. And You know, it's okay to have a little slide in your life. I, I get a little slide in my life every once in a while, but my compass points back north, and I say, Jesus, forgive me, move me forward. And, and the deal is, he, she got a little slide in her life, but in it, just like Jesus, when he forgives you, it, everything is washed away. Everything is done away with. And though she had a little slide moment in her life, God forgave her. So did the court system They couldn't find where she did anything wrong God wants to do that for you this morning He wants you to be a part of this body That I was talking about You know why I answered the phone like I did on that Saturday When I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me Because you are that church We are that church together That's what we do as a church And God wants you to be a part of that body He wants you to be part of a church that's moving forward. He wants you to be a church that changes lives. He wants you to function as a hand or a foot or a leg or a toe. Maybe even an ear. Maybe you're the one that listens. Maybe you're the one that speaks into people's lives. But God has called you to be something in the body of Christ. You say, well, pastor, I've slipped off. I haven't been going to church. It's okay. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He just wants you to be a part of that bride he's coming back for. Today our prayer partners are going to come. And David and them are going to be in to sing. And when they do, if you need Jesus to touch you in any way, maybe you got something that's been aching in your arm. I don't know. God just told me an arm. Maybe, maybe you got an arm that's been hurting you or a back. God wants to heal you where you're at today. Take that first step towards him and watch him do the work. He wants to change your life where you're at today. as I pray Father I thank you that what you want to do in a church do it in this church what you want to do with the people that are your church Father do it in these people take us out to the highways and the byways Father and let us find those that are hurting those that are in need of you Father and let us be that church that touches lives and touches people Make us a part of your body, Father, so that on that day we will be complete and our work will be fulfilled and be finished so that we are ready to go home with you and to be your church, Father. Bless them as they go today. In your name we pray.